You knew that I was coming cause you heard my name But you don't know my game and never felt my pain Can't read my brain, but you read my lips And got scared when you heard that I was coming with hits Now don't even trip, be a man instead Give thanks, I'm alive when I should be dead uh, I'm in the red cause my mind's distorting People claiming they know me, but they only know a portion I'ma move mountains and touch the sun Don't get scared now, you knew this day would come So hold your bids, all bets are closed And fuck all you Hello everybody, welcome to episode 59 of the NFP Podcast, presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP Podcast, and of course, Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, long live cowboys. What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode, episode 59, closing in on 60. Had to get a quick one out before Christmas, before everybody hits the road. Hopefully, everybody's driving safe while listening to this, heading back to your families. Hopefully, there's not a whole bunch of dysfunction in that family, and you have a fucked up Christmas. But hey, <laughs> good time for you, everybody. Uh, today, National uh, Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas vacation number two. Exactly. The joys of fucking being together with your family. Uh, Jason Davidson's here again. What's up, buddy? Oh, it is so cold out. So <laughs> cold out right now. I'm yeah. not shitting yet. How the <laughs> fuck would you know? <laughs> what do you mean? How would I know? What do you would mean? mean? Would you shovel your sidewalk? Was it a little cold out there? No, I let. I wanted to let Samson out the back door. He stuck his head out and come back in. <laughs> He's like, I'll have my morning pee this afternoon when the sun gets out. In the house, in the basement, on the bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no fun. Uh, freezing cold temperatures here as well with the wind chill, minus 40-something. So, yeah, it evens out for those American listeners at minus 40. So, minus 40 Celsius, minus 40 Fahrenheit. So, take that in, motherfuckers. Uh, Scott Byrne also with us. What's up, Scotty? How's things? What's new? Well, the same as you guys. It's colder than a witch's tit out there. And uh, I, unlike Jason, spend more than 15 minutes outside and uh, have froze my fingers and toes and other appendages the last uh, three days. It's been, I think I'd said actually minus 49 yesterday morning. So go figure that shit out. Um, but yeah, it's good. Hey, it's winter. If we, if we aren't used to it by now, we may as well pack up and leave. So yeah, whatever. no kidding. This is fair. This is fair. Every year it hits, but shouldn't. But uh, Christmas plans. What do you guys got on the go? Scott, you fucking riding the sleigh again, or what do you got going down? <laughs> yeah, the kids I got are the older, team. I guess. Hey, fuck. It's a little bit different, probably. Yeah, Braden got home from college last Wednesday. He got off the plane. I could tell that possibly was doing some college celebrating the whole night before. Mm -hmm. So being being a good dad, I had a, a number one from McDonald's sitting in the truck for him when he got in there. It was just like, he's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. So <laughs> can, can, he, can he eat McDonald's like you can? Oh, yeah. I've trained them kids well. Yeah, Scott, oh, give oh. us give us your order at McDonald's, a fucking average order. And this is no joke, people. Yeah, I like to have the number one started off with the appetizer of the Big Mac meal, supersized with the Coke Zero, of course. Floating on down to an extra, uh, you know, quarter pounder, because why not? And then maybe a cheeseburger. And then usually nine times out of ten, I'll follow that up with dessert with the filet of fish. So that's me. <laughs> hey, and, and the, the best Coke. part of it is the Coke Zero. The Coke yeah, Zero. Well. Like he's doing his body a favor. <laughs> yeah. And makes you feel good. Friends, friends. You know, it sounds like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I've no, seen that's this. Legit. I've, a bunch I've of seen it. I've seen it more times <laughs> than not. Yeah. So, 
on that note, when you, Braden, and Dylan go through the drive, <laughs> like, what's the record amount spent? Uh, usually, if all three of us are in the same vehicle and uh, I whip out, usually I'm buying. It's it's just all the fifty dollar bills, fifty. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. you know, Dylan's not huge like huge eater, so but he. He definitely doesn't come home from school. He tries to pretend he's hungry at supper, but we know he stopped on the way home from school, got himself a fried cheeseburger and a <laughs> snack size Oreo McFlurry. So, it's like you know, I, some of my best McDonald's stories are with Scott Burn, actually. <laughs> My yeah, best really ones are. with Kevin West. Well, he's had a good one. <laughs> I was there for that meal, too, so to speak. So to speak. He ate, I, he, uh, I once was ordered a... 70 cheeseburgers. Uh, we left the beer gardens at Pinoca. You know what? We might have been up in Blair Sweet, Pinoca Stampede. And I was with Dwayne and Vicky Robinson. I remember Tyler was there. I don't know. There were six of us, and we were in a convertible for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> so we're going to whip through the McDonald's drive through at Pinoca. And, uh, or we were actually going to go in. And it was stacked up 16 deep on every line in there so i'm like just go through the drive-thru and they're like well we gotta eat before we drive i'm like trust me just go through the drive-thru so i order 70 cheeseburgers with no onions and <laughs> and i'm and they're gonna take our money and we're gonna wait for the order and i'm like no Vic, just pull into the parking lot so i just told the guy at the window i said we'll be right in so we walked in there and they're like, 70 cheeseburgers? And I'm like, yeah. And I went to the front of the line and grabbed them. And everybody's like, you asshole. <laughs> the, uh, the trip through the McDonald's drive-thru with Kevin West, there was hamburger on the menu, but it was some guy's face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chopped liver inside of his oh, stomach. Oh, never wow. A, I've never seen a gut punch that hard. Like, it fucking oh. hit his spine. It's hit, yeah. Like it hit, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Each their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, the fuck you got me lost. Now. I was thinking about that Christmas though. Jason, what do you got going on? You got um, you got up the lake. What are you guys going? Family, yeah, crew. Yeah, we're gonna do a couple days with family, and then we're gonna go up to the cabin and spend five or six, seven, eight. I don't know. Longer the better. I know I do. Got to be back to the airport on the fourth of January to head to Mexico. Oh, see, si, senor. <laughs> yeah, seven days in Puerto Vallarta. No kids. It's going to be fun. No kids? They no just, kids. No, are they old enough gotta... to take care of themselves now, or do you have to have Well, somebody... they sure think they are. Sutton's like, we'll be fine. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So, no, yeah. I'm going to have to run them up to their grandma and grandpa's place for a few days, and then my dad's going to have them for a day and a half, and then they'll, uh, they're on their own for two nights kind of neighbor yeah i remember those times so you just clean up on the last day <laughs> yeah no no nothing went on here <laughs> yeah i had a party i had a party one time like that mom and dad went away and i cleaned up so much they knew yeah. that there was a party because it was too clean too i'm like they oh, always awesome. found out it yeah. wouldn't matter they always found out yeah they yeah. always found out i remember i remember this because i only had one party at the house but i was in grade 10 Chad was in grade nine and it was raining like a mofo out end of June. And it was grad party. Ask with grad party. The grad party ended up at our farm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how I was going to keep that one from them anyway, no matter how much I cleaned it. I think there had to be 30, 40 
yeah. 40 vehicles and you know neighbor just has to drive by oh geez glenn what was going on at your place there friday night <laughs> yeah. anyway it did not go well for the davidson boys I, I, after that. I have to say that that same party where i cleaned up too much previous to that quick story here an old friend of mine robbie rob from back in east pa uh we were shooting the 22 out of the bedroom window at shit across the road too, like super <laughs> safe. Right. Why wouldn't it be? And my mom and dad had planted uh, like three foot twig poplars that year. They had just started growing good. Of course it was winter, but so it was just a stick. And I said to Rob, whatever you do, do not, you know, cut one of them off with a bullet. He's like, yeah, fuck, no problem. Next shot just lays one down. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh Christ. <laughs> Hey, you know what I do? You know what I do remember from the grad party is my dad was driving truck at the time, and he had um, stock prod in the house. He just knew batteries in the stock truck. <laughs> and I remember after everything went down and all the punishment was handed out, I remember dad loading something in the yard, and the batteries were dead. I was gonna say, hold on. How does this happen? I just put, I just put six new batteries in here just last week. I just put six new batteries in here, and I'm like, yeah, well, it was kind of the hot item at the grad party, Dad. <laughs> yeah, everybody, guys, dropping. You, you know, uh, on Jackass, when they sneak up behind you with the clippers and clip your hair. Yeah. Well, everybody had uh, <laughs> taking their turn with the stock prod, and there'd be guys standing there, and they'd reach through underneath someone's legs and zap them in the sack. Eh? <laughs> oh man, there's guys dropping left, right. We had a what party at the you? arena one time. Same thing. Speaking of stock prods, and this guy, he's not around anymore. It wasn't the fucking brightest of guys, but he picked up. There was a prod right for doing shit, and uh, he picked it up and he started hitting his girlfriend with it, and like thinking it was funny. Like obviously didn't understand that it's like taser and she was like squealing and trying to run away and fall like it was a fucking wreck we're like dude hey dude that's not dude that's fucked up bro (laughs) (laughs) he's not around anymore remember the big (laughs) big ty murray stand-up scott that we had in our house yep yeah uh bo bo was bo like i think the carlton parties every weekend was bo had him at, at our house when we were like younger me and Jesse didn't have as many, but we had lots of friends. We were in a school as Bo. But every weekend, <laughs> he had shakers out there. And uh, he got busted the one time because we came home. And uh, there was a big time. It was like a Coors thing, mm-hmm. like a big stand-up of timer anyway. And he'd signed it and gave it to us kids. From like my dad got it done for us, and that fucking thing was like folded in half and then folded sideways. And he tried to get the folds out of it and he tried to have it stood up and you could just see the perfect creases in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, busted, bro. <laughs> oh, poor tie. Poor tie. Poor Bo. Poor Bo. <laughs> yeah, Christmas time, though. Same thing around here. Family comes home and we all just kind of hang out. It's good just to take some time off from everything before we get kicked off again in the new year. So, good little uh, relaxation. Kids are perfect age. Mine are seven and four, so it's full on. Mm-hmm santa claus and and uh, a great time it's pretty fun to watch them actually it's pretty cool there's there's a drink that uh, i seen on instagram this morning if you if you're having trouble putting up with your family you take it you know the tea bags have the string on the end with the you know you hang it and dip it in your drink you cut that off you tape the string inside so the little tab hangs out fill that sucker with whiskey no one knows the difference they think <laughs> you're drinking tea you're just hammered and don't have to put up with them perfect <laughs> I can't handle my liquor that good. Yeah, know. me neither. Me neither. Yeah, I'd be fighting, especially with whiskey. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's hop into it. We're going to keep this one short as uh, we do have a bunch of Christmas <laughs> stuff on the go. So jumping into it, first off, we got to give big shout outs. 3D bow riding athlete, Zeke Thurston, three-time world champion. Stetson, right? Seven-time now world champion. Huge freaking uh, 10 days for those guys. Huge accomplishments. Shout out to, to our boys. Fuck, unreal NFR. Pretty cool to watch, eh, Jason? Yeah, it was good. Um, it was real good. Uh, I was pretty happy. Uh, I I really wish that we could have saw how Saturday night would have been if if Stetson doesn't get bucked off that horse right there in Saddle Bronc riding too for the. Um, um, but wow, what a week! I know Stetson well, um, and that's that's his goal next year. Triple Crown, man. He wants it. He was close to it, and and he wants it. But that bronc riding period, like that's oh, wow. That, that that saddle bronc riding, man. There there isn't a guy that nods their head in Las Vegas that can't be a world champion right now, in my yeah. opinion. They're all well, that good. That's what Zeke said, right? Was, there, was, there was his third one, but he said it was it feels like it was the hardest one to get, like with that group of guys. Those Hay brothers, holy fuck, they that was unreal. Yeah. Dawson on Killer B and the finals that Logan had and really Logan's breakout year, right? Um, Calgary Stampede yeah. win and then just rolled first NFR for him and just Huge. kick some ass there. Yeah, so that's cool to see, especially you know that there's that big of a Canadian contingency in it, and it's some of the best bronc riders there's ever been. Right, doesn't matter where you're from, what you're doing, those guys are world class. And that bronc ride, like you say, it was cool. And I like Stetson Wright's attitude right now. I think has even changed since. Like, I mean, he's still how old is he? Twenty? What's he? Twenty one? Twenty three. Twenty three. So he's still a kid, but like even from the last couple of years that we've talked to him, he's like focused, dead set, and just I'm a bad motherfucker. Here I am. I'm coming to win everything. Like when he said to us that his goal was to make a million dollars in one season, I was like looking at it and I was like, oh yeah, cool. You know, nice goal that's you're probably not gonna attain. Fuck. What do you win? Nine hundred and some thousand. Nine hundred twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what you know. And again, that that. uh was it round three in the bull ride and that bull got him? And he, he still, I guarantee that one stings. Oh, he threw that bull all day and he knows it. He just, he said, I just got comfortable on that bull. 10th so rounder you, two, that's sunny. He had that, he was went to fucking stomping that thing. What it cost Hey, him. do you guys know, you guys know that if uh, he rides that bull and he's 86 and a half points, he breaks Jim Sharp's average record and he only rode nine bulls. Oh, no shit. Because of the yeah. scores. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He only had to be 86 and a half in round 10. And he would have broke the the average record that Jim Sharp held since 1986, I think, or, or back then. And that's crazy to say. That that record's been around since 1986. You think mm-hmm. of that. That's, 86 or 88, know. whenever those years there, he rode, or it couldn't have been 88 because he, I think, he rode, he ride 10 twice, Jim. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah, and Norman Norman Curry did it right. Rose yeah, Adriano. Well. Adriano, Adriano. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I don't we, know if they'll Jim, do that again. Sorry, Jim Sharp's name. Well, Jim Sharp's name comes up so many times on this podcast, but that is crazy to think that, that record has lasted that long. You know, take into consideration the evolution of the bull power nowadays and everything yeah. else. But you know, to stand the test of time for however many years that adds up to, that's pretty cool. Speaking of records, uh, stats and. <laughs> Stetson, uh, um, along with Jim Shoulders now, is one of the only Cowboys to win multiple world titles three years in a row. Shattered the bull riding record. And I mean shattered. 
uh, all around single season and year end records. So yeah, it's good for the sport for sure. I think the million ballers is in sight. You you, you got to remember he did not compete at Calgary Stampede or go at all during Cowboy Christmas. You got to figure that's worth fifty thousand to a guy. Like yeah. At least fifty thousand. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Stay healthy. He's he's the number one fucking guy right now in all of rodeo. That's uh that's officially official. Fucking cool. Officially uh, official. Another good fucking rock star that we're gonna have on the show here in a little bit. Rocker Steiner. Uh yeah, looking looking forward to getting to that interview. We did that earlier today as well. So it's fresh. He's fresh off of Las Vegas, just turning nineteen. It's fun. Uh, it was a good chat with him. What'd you guys think? Yeah, cool kid. Cool kid, laser focused. Yeah, I I agree, and I think the thing with him is is that he's one of those guys that, um, you know, is maybe not as traditional dressing and, you know, as a lot of the other um, cowboys are, but he is a breath of fresh air in his own sense. You know, it uh, I think it draws in a whole new crowd to this great sport um whether it be bull riding or rodeo period and yeah he's 19 years old it's it's even you know like he said you'll hear in the interview what happened in the arena that only just propelled Mm -hmm. the notoriety of him not only himself but the sport so it's uh it's pretty cool to see all all publicity is good publicity (laughs) yeah for sure no i love it i think it's cool like you know that was that's the attitude that he has, it's like a breath of fresh air, like you said, Scott, for his, just his mindset and his confidence, right? It's kind of like, it's envious to see that he really doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks or says. He's going to do what he's going to do all day, every day, which is a lot of guys on this podcast, right? With Cooper Davis mm-hmm. and Cowboys throwing time, right? You know, it's like the the mindset is, you know, you're going to see him win a lot. And, and um, yeah, dare to be different. I love it. I, all mm-hmm. in my career, I loved, you know, wearing different shit and looking different and, same as you know same as what he's doing and his dad did and his, his whole family and it's kind of cool of the steiner family is one of the most famous families in all of rodeo but then on the other sense of it it's like they they look and act like not your traditional rodeo you know with the long they're hair outside and the mold, and, yeah. yeah right but but in reality one of the original families of rodeo so yeah it's cool it's gonna be a good interview Thank you guys will enjoy it. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we do, though, a couple more things as well as an ad read. Scott, you got your truck yet? Here we go. It's on its way. Good. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan is home of the award-winning Ram truck. They are the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of rank bulls along with your crew up front in the cab. Whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next PBR event, the boys at Riverside Dodge have the right truck for you. Riverside Dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern Saskatchewan, but also sells and services all across western Canada. Go see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no-bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner's saying. Riverside Dodge of Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast. And a shout-out to Kevin Fiddler, who got Salesman of the Year up there, and that's who I dealt with, and uh, he did a great job and treated us unreal, so... Good job on his part there. Hopefully he gets maybe I'll, I'll just throw it a ten thousand dollar bonus from Ty this year for being for being, being salesman Kev, of the year. Well, Kev, Kev Ty told us that salesman of the year in Prince Albert the Bob Award, you get a ten thousand dollar bonus for Riverside. So yeah, we'll do it. that's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's the rumor going around. Uh, oh, that's great. Um, couple shout outs I got to give. Um, one is to uh, Ray Nealon. He was the uh, owner 
of the OK Corral outside of Saskatoon and Martinsville, Saskatchewan, his ranch, and um, held a bunch of high school rodeos and raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for Telemerico. Uh, he was a cattle hoof trimmer, came out to our place, did all our bulls all the time and stuff. Got to know Ray really well over the years of going to high school rodeos and and then him uh, doing the, the cattle trimming and all that stuff. But stand-up guy um, passed away. And... Um, we love Ray. Like, you know, like I said, he's so great for the community. He's great for the sport. Gave all everything he had to tell a miracle and, and just one of those guys that they broke the mold when they made him. So shout out to Ray and, and his family. And uh, we're thinking of praying for everybody on these holiday seasons after that. But uh, yeah, I did. Had to, had to do that. I don't know if you guys knew Ray or not. Jason, do you know oh, yeah. about yeah. that? Around the, yeah, yeah. He yeah. trembles at our place too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he did all those rodeos out at Martinsville. A lot of the high school rodeos, like he said. So um, yeah. Yeah, too bad. He wasn't wasn't that old either, Ray. Um, yep. Unfortunate. Yep. Yeah, he was just trimming there a couple years ago. So, thinking about Ray and the family, uh, another shout out. Logan Cadlick has himself a little baby boy there, the feller. So, nice eight pounder. Good for him. Did her up. It, it was unreal. I like a week and a half ago. I seen a post of his wife still doing chores and processing cattle. And when I when he when I got the text from him that said he had had a kid, I'm like, well, maybe you can give your wife a day or two off now. Come on, like, Jesus Christ, Go no on. days off at Catholic Corner. That kid will be working here in the next week. Yeah, <laughs> and they all work oh, harder than Caddy. Whoa. I know that. <laughs> I I'm a new grandpa too. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. congrats. Yeah. What's the, what's the name? I couldn't figure out. It wasn't on the post. Hayes Edward Wesley. Nice. Yeah. Where's the Edward come in? That is Jared's dad, and then Wesley's after myself and my grandfather. That's my oh, that's yeah. Right. yeah, good deal. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, right on. So you're boss papa to two now. Times two. What you Times call yourself two. the other day? Boss daddy. Boss, boss daddy. Now you called yourself something else. Yeah. Oh, that, I did or Scott did? You, no, I you did, did yourself. Yeah. To you guys. Yeah. Last uh, part. Boss well, daddy or something you got well, whatever whatever works like you guys said we're, we're rolling into a rocker steiner interview here it's all about the ratings fellas yeah that's right oh publicity's yeah. good publicity million dollar ride rc landingham you guys see the wcra yeah. first triple crown winner amazing to see for the sport amazing for that guy a really good guy nice guy million fucking dollars um he wins in fort worth so that's pretty amazing to see for the sport i bet there's a lot of old boys that rolling over in their graves or you know to think one day there was a million dollars for winning the the triple crown in one one event or three events i guess it is pretty amazing to see for the sport uh yeah. three events or three different stops is that how that works i didn't i've never really followed it like yeah three uh, wins three major wins so yeah like if, okay if you win three of them then you yeah you get that bonus of a million so he won more than that he won whatever he won from the events as well yeah nice good deal yeah. right before christmas oh jesus <laughs> I'd be buying Christmas yeah. presents like a motherfucker. Uh, like to be yeah. on that Christmas list. Right? No, no right? Yeah. Uh, Brock Radford got married while we've been away. Shout out to him. That was pretty cool. I got the MC that one. I don't think I fucked it up too bad. <laughs> Shout out to well. him. Shout out to Liv. Yeah, fair enough. Jesus, living with that guy. <laughs> there, there was probably no... Uh, hangovers after that i wouldn't think eh? i had to rip out i left i went to uh my kids were we put them on a uh, christmas train so they it's like a train that runs from 
just outside of Saskatoon. I don't know what it is, but they have a Santa Claus on there and they do a bunch of cool shit and you ride it for like three hours to this place and back. So we had to be on that. I had to drive to High River and then drive back. So I left, but it definitely did look like it was about to be a fun time. And I seen some Snapchats yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Jay Gardner might have took the cake. I think, I think he was, he, he likes to get into the, the, I'm a fucking cowboy. Likes to yeah. yell that. But uh, this night he was really letting me know that he's a fucking peaky blinder. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. But no, it was a good crew. Good. It was just like a kind of a rodeo dance mixed in with his bunch of town friends and i think his town friends take the cake too on over top of his rodeo friends on the wildcats so yeah it was good it was a lot of fun it was small and and uh obviously Liv's family couldn't be here being from australia so it's uh, mostly you know brock side of things and then obviously Liv's friends and everybody like that so yeah it was cool it was a good good deal for them proud of those two doing it um austin beasley do you guys see is the uh coach of the foremost rodeo academy we talked about that on a, a pod before and it's a yeah. academy that's all about rodeo and austin took over the bull riding side of things so that's kind of cool to see that growing i hope that does more well he'll be he'll be good at that he's been doing a practice session at his place he's really really big on making sure these guys are getting on the caliber of bulls that they should be on um him and i have had a couple discussions on it it's, it's good um it's good to see the older guys giving back i think you know those guys got on you let's go back to jb's post about practice like those guys got on bulls every day they could him and kelly armstrong chad pegan and that group of guys like they just craved it and you know they were getting on bulls that were their caliber to get on and practice and we don't see that anymore you know guys are bringing with the abbi and whatnot they're these bulls are bred so well now um it's almost forgotten about to have this entry level caliber of bucking bulls. Well, yeah, they're not they're not around. Period. No. They yeah. don't keep them around. No, they, you know, you can't so. afford to feed them even. They, yeah, but, that's right. And but that's what things like this are. Then they will keep them. Those like they will take those bulls, and yeah. that's what it's made for. And that's what these kids' tuitions and all that stuff is going towards, right? And and the build build the cowboy uh type of thing so oh it's fucking cool to see an austin great guy i've been everywhere done everything so he'll be a good good for those guys yeah i think so too for those uh read off the doll reached out to him uh he's doing doing lots better he's still in recovery uh, i think they moved him to arizona now to a facility um but uh messaged him on instagram there and, and got a message back and he's just wants to get home to his family and and go through all the different steps but really great to see for what what happened to him and and uh, how he's how he's coming through it so like i said hashtag nfp that guy won't let anything keep him down he's fucking cowboy and uh shout out to reed and hopefully he gets gets home soon so it'll be you know tough on the family and everything through christmas and this stuff but uh full recovery did you uh did you see that stetson that's yeah. right donated his all-around saddle yeah, huge. That's unreal. Uh, it, I didn't look today, but last night it was at thirty thousand. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, Full class. Good uh, for him. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. huge. Yeah, and I think that vest of his that he had everybody sign that was that was one of the first items. So yeah, good kid. Solid, solid move. Looking after his, uh, looking after his buddy there. Yeah, fellow guy. So that's cool. And and you can go on Phenom Genetics, uh, inst uh. Facebook, sorry, Phenom Genetics Facebook and all those auction items are up there and all the money, 100% of it's going to read in his family. So go check that stuff out. But guys, with that, it's uh, time, I think, we throw it. 
I think we throw it. We'll do one more ad read right here before we get into this one. You don't want to hear from us. You want to hear from Rocker anyway. Uh, hooked up. For the biggest moments under the brightest lights in the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of Rodeo's most elite athletes and state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, and stay hooked. I'm what? gonna have to talk. I'm gonna have to talk to him there at Hooked Up because I ripped my jersey the other day doing a kick save the Central Hornets <laughs> outdoor hey. arena. The outdoor hey. rink was a little cold, so yeah. I had to, I'm gonna have to talk to him. Yeah, hey. we're gonna do it. Can we, we get these guys on board? Almond Joy. Oh boy, have you guys had an Almond Joy? No, send it in. Oh, it's joyous in your mouth. <laughs> joyous in your mouth. <laughs> Oh, oh I'm telling Jesus you, I brought Christ. I brought two of them. I brought two of them home. I brought two of them home for stocking stuffers from Las Vegas for the boys. Yeah. And I don't. I've had to look at them every day since I've been home. <laughs> hey, and I, did you I, did you did you get the fellow? <laughs> did you get the fellow NFP boys some fucking uh, some menthols yeah. for our stockings? Pack of menthols. Menthols? Yeah. No, yeah. and I'm down. I'm oh. on my last one here. I timed it badly. But you know what? I don't care about the menthols as long as those things are joyous in your mouth. Yes. It's a, it's a party in your mouth. Everyone's invited. Yeah. We're having a party in Scott, Scott's mouth. Everybody's coming. Oh, don't change it to me. I wasn't the one. I wasn't the one talking about the party. Okay, fellas. Mouth. Honest, I love you guys all. Yep. Yep. Merry um, Christmas. Merry yeah, Christmas. Have a good Christmas. You gotta yep. jump. Yeah, we're gonna rip Bring it here it. too. So Scotty. Jason, thank you guys. Everybody, you're driving to your families, relatives. Remember, this is a tough season on a lot of people, mental health wise. So stay strong. We'll get through it. Reach out if you need help. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We love you. We'll be back in the new year with a bunch more great episodes. Thank you for all your support this year. This is our interview now with Rocker Steiner. He comes from a rodeo family. His granddad was a champion of the world. Minimal rocking gang. His dad, a world champion in the spear wrestling. And in his first year, he is number one in the race for our Resist All Rookie of the Year. He set the world record a few weeks ago for the highest score in pro rodeo. Rocker Steiner, uh, he's a rookie. Uh, he's 18 years of age and he has set the bareback riding world on fire. He's just starting his career and who knows what he's going to accomplish before it's all said and done. He's been flawless. Yippee Gavitz is the draw. Okay, yippee. Here we go. Yeah, Rocker Steiner, he is ahead of things. He's making another great ride for Steiner. What a bareback ride for Rocker Steiner. My goodness, how impressive is this young man? 18 years old, and he's just starting his career. And who knows what he's going to accomplish before it's all said and done. Our guest today is the 2022 Resist All Rookie of the Year, the 2022 Calgary Stampede Bareback Riding Champion as well as numerous major rodeos across the continent. The world record holder for the highest marked ride in the bareback riding with a 95-point ride on the world-famous Virgil. As well, he's a world champion wakeboarder. Freshly into his 19th year of life, it's Rocker fucking Steiner. Rocker, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. How's things on your end? Everything's great here, man. Just trying to get over this Vegas flu. 
I was going to say we had to uh, we had to delay the podcast today and I wasn't sure if it was the 19th birthday flu, the Vegas flu or just the regular old flu. Yeah, I don't think the 19th birthday party really helped it out that much, but um I'm for heck the day after I thought it was just the wine flu, but apparently I actually have the flu, so He's so, uh, a little bit of both. The national finals rodeo ended on the 10th of December. When did Rockford Steiner leave Las Vegas? I wanted out of Las Vegas so bad. I left the day after. (laughs) Yeah. I did did all the partying I could stand. (laughs) How was the, what was the 19th birthday? What'd you guys get up to? I know there's a lot of fun to be had around the ranch there with the the man-made lake, all that cool stuff that you got going on there. But what was the 19th birthday like? Man, it it wasn't nothing too crazy. Just had some friends over and just some loud music and, just a bunch of friends, man. Nothing too time. crazy. Perfect. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll jump right into it. Um, obviously, the talk of the NFR was was yourself. You know, the different uh, round wins as well as the the f bombs and all the different shit that was going on with it. So it was very entertaining. I know for myself watching it, and I I dang sure watched every day of the bareback ride just to see what what was going to happen next. So uh, as an eighteen year old kid. You win the rookie of the year. First off, making the Wrangler National Finals, huge, huge accomplishment in uh, that you can put that feather in your cap. But what was it like walking into walking into Vegas, walking into Thomas and Mac, that very first NFR at 18 years old? What was the whole experience like? Um, it was very confusing. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff I didn't know about. And I mean, it was it was one of the best weeks of my life, even though I didn't have the best NFR. Um, you know, just walking into Thomas and Mac, it's it's it was super cool just walking in the same building that my dad worked, walked in for the first time, and so did my mom. Um, so it, it was super cool just to be on the same dirt as my uh, my family was previously. Um, and it, it was cool getting to it. Like, everybody knew where to go, and I was like, guys, you guys have to tell me. Like, <laughs> I don't – so that – it was pretty cool not knowing and actually having to learn um, where to go, where to do this. And um, so that, that, was, that was a fun part of the first few days, just kind of getting to know everything. It's pretty demanding with some of the rules and appearances that need to be made prior to even the first round. Jump right into the fines. Let's jump right into the fines. (laughs) What what did they deduct off your paycheck after 10 days of fines, Rocker? Um, About close to nine grand. Uh, Uh, No. Who topped the list? Did Rocker Steiner top the list? Is it all? Is it still all listed outside that one door? Everybody from the night before. I have the list. <laughs> Put it in my gear bag. <laughs> I said this is mine. I love this. <laughs> okay, so you didn't win an NFR average title, didn't win a world title, but you won the fines contest. That's I didn't big. win the fines contest. Hey. Congratulations! Doesn't matter what you win, as long as you win. Yes. Okay? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> if you're not first, you're last. After about five grand, I said, screw it. I'm going for the record. Love it. <laughs> and one, one day, they didn't find me, and I got pissed <laughs> off. I was like, what do I have to do to get fined or anything? <laughs> uh, the, the, the original one, like the original <clears throat> fuck, when it was the, you know, when the camera was right in your face and it was directed towards um, the judges. What was, the, you know, we've seen it all over fucking TikTok and everywhere of just, 
it was pretty crazy actually like i think it was just because of who you are obviously it it escalated it that much more but uh what was that what was it like did they come and did they come and talk to you was the cowboy channel up in your face was there anything like that or you just got your fine and rolled on she got my fine um got a bunch of followers thank you everybody for posting <laughs> um got my fine got a bunch of followers that's about it man that's so it, eh? Tanner, are you saying if Oren Larson did that, it wouldn't have been quite as impactful? No, like that's uh, you know, like <laughs> I know, I know. obviously, yeah, right. So, uh, but that's kind of like I mean, that's that's part of it, right? That's uh, being who you are and the family that you're in, right? There's there's lots of there's a target on your back. There's a lot of people looking at you. So, is it something that you just kind of you just you just don't give a shit? You just live by your emotions and um take the fines as you get them or do you regret that or, or what's your what's your attitude towards the whole situation no i'm i'm extremely happy that i did it i'm really happy that i did it and um you know I, a lot of people hide their emotions and i watched a deal on shaquille o'neal yesterday and his mom said uh told him when he was young he said if you whatever she said whatever emotions you feel just let it happen if you want to cry cry if you want to celebrate celebrate if you want to be mad be mad don't ever hold anything back and you know, it's, it's super true. I mean, that's how I felt at the time. It's not like I was out to get any judge. Um, it's not like I hate any of the judges. I don't. Actually, I, some of them are actually really good guys. It was just what I felt at the moment. I knew my score should have been better than that. And um, I'll, I'll take a screw in any day of the week during the summer, but not at the NFL for, you know, $30,000 and a gold buckle. I'm not going to do it. Well, especially those judges at the NFR are supposed to be the best of the best of their craft. And they they shouldn't yeah. screw up and they shouldn't miss judge a ride, like you say, with that much money on the line. Exactly. And yeah, if you said fuck, good on you. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just goes to prove how many um, people are or wolves are at the door that want to tear you down. Right. And oh, yeah. and for oh, you yeah. to accept it like that. That's awesome. I was, I was like, go say it again. I was hoping you'd say it again the next day with the crotch chop. With yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Then, then, so I think it was the next night when you won the round. And did you? Okay, you gotta answer me this one. So the the camera fucking comes up wide, and then it comes back on the shoots, and you're sitting on the shoots, and it's right in your face. And you said, "Let's go, motherfuckers!" And it was like, "Oh, he did it again." Was that was that was that emotion, or was that flat? I fuck, I loved it. But that but. that that was not. I uh, my dad. So I looked up at my dad <laughs> yeah. and saw him, and he was celebrating. So I looked up at him and said that. So people might just think that I was celebrating, but I was just talking to my dad. <laughs> which i was celebrating but uh oh, i loved it I, hey I thought, hey I back to that round win rocker um world record on a canadian horse um and i believe did you not win it on true grit of old mm -hmm. you're round canadian i have a really good luck on canadian horses yeah for, for some reason hey there's some good shit up here some uh, the not gonna brag on a lot of good shit up here but we do have some good shit going on up really here. good bucking horses yeah. Oh, yeah and that horse got you in strathmore I think I yeah. read or saw somewhere. Um, big, strong uh, horse to Wayne's. Is that the only the second time you've been on that horse then? Yeah, that horse buck, or didn't buck me off, but I double grabbed. I was I got to having way too much fun, and that thing got pretty strong. And I thought I was going to die, so I double grabbed. <laughs> <laughs> when you go back to the locker room, so like it's noted, you know, Casey Field, Tilton Hooper, those guys, even your family. So when, when something like that happens and you show that emotion in the arena, 
what goes on in the locker room when you go back there? Are those guys like, hey, dude, chill the fuck out? Or are they like, yeah, man, they fucked you. I know how locker rooms can be with the rookie guy and the veteran guys. How do those guys treat you when stuff like that goes on? Well, they, they don't say shit to my face. <laughs> no, they. I'm I'm sure they say stuff about it, but they never said anything to me. But how is um, the locker room you know, there? Is that a pretty good group of guys, rocker? Would you say it's pretty tight, or would there be two or three different cliques of guys in there? No, they're all they're all pretty tight. I've i like I felt like kind of like an outsider. Um, I mean, I still had fun with them, but um, I don't know. Being being the young kid, that's that I don't I don't want anybody to get mad at me for this, but being a young guy that kind of came on the scene and started winning, I don't think anybody just likes that too much. So I, I kind of felt like an outsider. That might just be me, but, um, Oh, that's a fair statement. There, there's, yeah. some, there's some guys like, like Tim O'Connell, the 10th round, he was super cool to me. He, uh, he told, he, you know, all the guys were cool. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like an outsider, but anyway, it's, it's no big deal. I, I like all them guys. I think I think it goes back. I mean, that's been going on for years. It's just like here's the young guy. Those veterans feel like you got to pay your dues a little bit more, you know, spend a little. But the way you've come on is that they're like, holy shit, he's here. Hey, and intimidated slightly too. Let's admit it. They probably are when it comes down to it. I think we've said it on here before, Rocky. You know what NFR stands for, according to them old boys. Another fucking nope. rodeo. No fucking rookies. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, heck, on uh, on rookie night. So there's a uh, the sixth round was was uh, rookie night, uh, resist all rookie night, and I that's the round I won. So I won the round on rookie night, and I and the, like the tradition, all the rookies in the rough stock events come down to the to the locker room, and there's a big bottle of Kessler for each one of them, and they play Thunderstruck, and you have to drink oh. every time chug until they say thunder, and then you have to chug until they say thunder again. And Damian Brennan is this Australian bronc rider. Yeah. And seriously, this big bottle of Kessel, he drinks like half of it. Like this oh. kid's <laughs> smashed. And did I got to take the first shot and seriously, it hits my throat. And I, I already tried to puke. It's not even like I drank before this. Like I tried to puke just because the taste is so bad. I was like, guys, last time I drank something that tasted like this, I jumped off a roof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know where that's going. Yeah. yeah. We'll get into and that too. <laughs> they're like, oh, Rocker, you pussy. Like, look what Damien's doing. Like, you, have, yeah. you can't just, you can't just, because I started just putting my lips up to it and just, just yeah. not drinking any because I had to ride the next day. And they're like, oh, you pussy. You have to drink more than that. Like, look, you have to do what Brennan's doing. And uh, I'm like, guys, let's be real. What rookie's riding at the NFR tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, right. Fair enough. and they're like they're like yeah, think about that i'm like yeah <laughs> so i kind of got them on that one yeah dude. you came on the scene really fast i remember when you were like whenever you were first starting to get on horses and i can't remember we were at a bull riding somewhere and somebody was they were talking about how you were getting on bareback horses now and you were this is when you were just getting going and just your family i think it might have been ty or somebody and it was like yeah he's starting to get the hang of it and you know he'll He'll for sure probably be a world champion one day, right? It was like just the attitude and mindset that you had, all these these big-name guys who you can look on the list that have helped you out along the way. 
you know, obviously knew you were going to have success, but did it come, did it come quick to you? Did you expect obviously to, to make the NFR this first year, win Calgary, win all these big, huge rodeos and just bump your name right into the record books the very first year? Um, you know, I wouldn't say that it came, it came fast to me. I kind of, I kind of sped up the process. Um, you know, obviously my family sped up the process too with the nice horses and stuff like that, but not, I mean, my family pushed me since the time I was 13 years old to be the best. And I was in the gym. I've been in the gym five days a week since the time I've been 13 years old. And from the time I was 13 to 15 or 13 to 14, I, for a year, I probably got on five horses two times a week. So, I mean, I, it's, I, a, a lot of kids just go to amateur rodeos and get on every weekend. And I, I didn't do that. I just practiced all the time. So um, that, that was my plan is to, was to crack out at 18 and, get my name on the record books. Um, but I, I really started picking it up when I was 16. Whenever I was 16, that's when I kind of um, started turning into a little man. And um, actually, I had, had some lead behind my ass. Um, so everything kind of started to click when I was 16. I think that's a question I have for you. My son's starting to fight bulls. He'll, he'll be a third-generation bullfighter. And he said to me the other day, he does feel the pressure of the name to carry it on. And not that we apply the pressure as the older generation, but he takes it on himself sometimes. Is that a, is that a kind of a case for you too? Do you, do you feel that little bit of pressure to carry on the family name and achieve certain goals? No, obviously there's pressure with me, but you know, you kind of just got to look, look past that and kind of look at it as a, as a good thing. You know, uh, my family has been doing this and I've, we, we have two world champions in my family. So um yeah there's pr there's no uh, there's pressure but i don't feel it because it's it's more of like a confidence thing like mm -hmm. you have two world champions behind you can do anything so right if yeah. they can do it i can do it because i got them with me so it's, Shit, it's, yeah. it's more of a confidence thing now rocker even though um your grandfather and and your dad are both world champions um and Henry mentioned talent you had helping you Social media is a great thing. We, we've been following you for the last three years on social media because uh, it was good to watch. Like, as Tanner said, here comes this young phenom, et cetera, et cetera. Who has the most or been the most influential on your career? Is it your family or is it an actual a guy that's run a hand in the rig like Ty or, or uh, Tilden or somebody like that? Um, my, my Baba has to be, you know – it, it, I wouldn't say that one has been more uh, um, influential. Like uh, my my dad, Baba, and Ty are the they're the biggest things that ever happened in my career. And Ty Ty's Ty's literally the one that started. He I, I ran my hand in my first Reagan at his house. So um, him Ty and Baba. I mean they're 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 my two coaches. Baba Baba actually used to ride uh, bareback horses. Nobody actually knows that, but. Um, and he actually knows a lot about it and the, their thing is they don't make it complicated. They, they just write to the basics. What's, what's going on. If I have a problem, well, get strong, get a stronger mark out, you know, get away from your hand a little bit. Um, and then heck, whenever that doesn't work, it's just grit your teeth a little harder, you know, right. so, yeah, cowboy up a bit. Yeah. So they're, um, they're really good at breaking it down for me. And if I'm ever having a problem, they, they don't know how to resolve it. And dad actually knows more about bareback riding than any bulldogger ever. So, uh, <laughs> so he, but you know, Ty and Baba, they're, they're definitely the biggest, um, biggest things that ever happened in my career. My dad is a huge part. I wanted to ask you 
being that you have world champions at both ends of the arena, you know, um, was that always what you wanted to do was bareback horses or was it? Yeah. Ever... Fucking bareback riding. Jeez, yeah. Christ, like, man, like, I think, I think I, I think I read somewhere on the, res- or no, it was actually on that resist all commercial. Didn't your Bob push you? Didn't he figure you were built to be a bareback yeah. rider? Yeah. Whenever I was, so I honestly, I didn't even know what bareback riding was until I was about 13. <laughs> um, I did. Dad told me when I was like 11, he's like, Hey, Casey field follows you on Instagram. I was like, Who's Casey Field? <laughs> like he's a bareback. He's a bareback rider. I said, "What's bareback riding?" Oh uh, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "It's but like it's bucking horses." I was like, "Oh okay, cool. Let's go to the lake." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. And, so uh, back that up, Rocker. At that age, how old were you? Ten when you won your first world wakeboarding? I was nine. Nine. So, how many hours a day does one spend? Obviously, some of this must have come. Somewhat natural to you, um, watching some of those videos from when you're eight and nine years old. But how much time did you put into that, dude? It was insane. I I I swear, like I know there's been some kids work their ass off and have their dads work their ass off. But I seriously think for a year, no kid has ever been pushed that hard ever. Because when I was eight, I went to my first wakeboard competition, and I could do one flip, and I thought I was gonna win because you know i was eight and i could do a flip on a wakeboard and i went to i went to worlds and i showed up and there's all these kids that like have been wakeboarding since they've been like seriously for you know four or five years like competitively and i show up ride do my one flip they go out there and seriously smoke my ass like you've never seen before and i left crying because you know i was competitive very competitive and dad, dad told me on the plane ride home, he's like, hey, you want to come back and win that thing next year? And I was like, yeah. He's like, all right, don't cut your hair and stick with me and we'll come back and win it. And, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, seriously, for, for a year straight, he seriously, we, I rode on Christmas as an eight-year-old. Nice. Fuck. And really? Christmas, Christmas in Texas is like 20-something degrees. And I seriously rode every day in a dry suit through winter. And I would ride, whenever the weather was nice, I would ride three or four times a day. And I came back that, that next year and won it. So, so where did that, hard. where did that, uh, we watched your Baba, um, who's an amazing skier, uh, barefoot, you name it. We see those videos on, on Instagram and what is your, was your dad a big wakeboarder or what kind of steered you in that direction? So, uh, dad, whenever, so whenever wakeboarding come out was, I don't know what year it is, probably like 95 or six, something like that. It, but anyway, as soon as wakeboarding come out, dad started wakeboarding. Cause he always, he was a, he was a three event skier. So he would, he would jump slalom and trick ski. And he also barefooted, he barefooted a lot. So he did all the, all the water sports that were available at that time. But whenever wakeboarding came about, it was more his style it was more of the punk snowboarder wakeboarder um loud music chicks you know yeah it suited dad more so he started wakeboarding well at the time for the time dad was actually really good like dad could have rode on the pro tour easily um and dad was doing like would do tricks that he thought he would he invented them but he didn't (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first you heard it here first (laughs) yeah but that 
that was at like the time that like Parks was wakeboarding, Sean Murray, Kobe Mikasich, um, uh, Shapiro, um, Byerly, all those guys. And dad, dad could have competed with them he, if he took it seriously. But um, there, at one time, there was a, a he didn't know if he wanted to wakeboard or rodeo, and he entered a wakeboard competition and a rodeo in the same same weekend. And he said, uh, whatever one he does better at, he's gonna he's gonna go to that Pursuit. one. And he won he won the rodeo, so he's like, all right, I guess I'll rodeo. Worked out pretty good. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> uh, dude, that so that that what's it's crazy to me. Like you know, most people in the in this sport or in most sports, it's like all they know from when they're like three years old, and that's what they focus on, and that's what they do. For yourself as well as your dad, right? Rodeo was not even a thought until later on in life is that was that something that like you know i know your your grandpa uh had a uh won the world in the bull riding and then quit the next day and then had his rodeo company and then sold that um and then you know there wasn't anything talked about rodeo and, and then kind of the same thing with you was that instilled that you know maybe to stay away from rodeo or was it just letting letting your kid do whatever the hell they wanted not pushing them into anything no um you know Dad didn't start – He dad played football. Dad wanted to be a football player, and he was a really good football player. And But his, his grades weren't good enough. He was supposed to go play at BYU, but his grades weren't good enough. And um, so he, he's at – in 95, he, he was 20, and he started bulldogging. Um, so uh, he started bulldogging in 95. He was 20. And then I didn't even think about rodeo until I mean I guess I was way younger than him I was 13 but still I I didn't I never thought about rodeo I never thought I was gonna do rodeo I didn't like rodeo every time we'd go to rodeos I'm pretty sure I'd fall asleep or I would just be at the fair or something <laughs> and so it was never something that I thought I would do and he never thought he would do but as soon as we did it we found out that like well like a parent because I you don't realize how big your family is into rodeo until you get in it because mm -hmm. i didn't because i like like whenever dad started rodeo and he came back home and he was like dad like everybody knows y'all everybody <laughs> yeah. and he's like and bob was like yeah yeah bro. everybody does <laughs> yeah. and it's the same thing like it's crazy how many people know the steiner family oh yeah and you don't realize that until you get into it so so is uh wakeboarding something that i mean <laughs> you're young, you're young. You got a lot of time ahead of you, whatever. Is it something you'd take or not? I shouldn't say, would you focus on that again at some point, do you think, or, or have you found your, your path? No. Um, you know, it's, um, rodeo is not just, just something that I'm rodeo. I mean, everybody says it's not about money. It's not about money. Well, you need money to survive and you can't okay. make any money wakeboarding. So no, I probably wouldn't go back to wakeboarding. Right, gotcha. I mean, wakeboarding is something I'll always do for fun. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'll, I'll always get out of the boat. And if my buddies want me to go wakeboard or something, I'll, I'll go out there. And I, I know I can still go out there and be just as good as I was two years ago. So, um, But no, it's not something I'll ever take serious again. Speaking of buddies, uh, who out of the NFR class of bareback riders is the best wakeboarder? Not including Rocker Steiner. Man, I don't I don't even know anybody that wakeboards. Well, like I thought you anything. had some of those guys out on the on the boat with you on some of your videos. They were trying or were they just trying to barefoot? 
Like Casey, uh, I think it was Casey got chili walked. Um, was it Casey or yeah. Tilden? Tilden doesn't touch water. He's like a cat. <laughs> I'm with him. Um, I, I, I would say probably Casey's the best wakeboarder. I think he actually used to wakeboard quite a bit. Yeah. I've never, I'm not, I've never seen it, but, um, but the best barefooter. I mean, Cole Reiner jumped out there, made it pretty easy. So, so did Casey. They're, they're both athletic. So yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're athletic. That stuff's easy. So where did your grandpa come in the picture on the water side of it? Is it something he did since he was a young boy? Because he's a hand. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they just always lived on Lake Austin, so they always had a boat. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so whenever he had the rodeo company, he had a a bull. I don't know which one it was, but it was a really good bull. And he sold it, and he used that money to buy a boat, and he just started slalom skiing. Nah, we won't sink it back in the company. We're going to buy a boat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's exactly how he got into it, but he he always I don't I don't even know how he got to slalom skiing, but I, I just always know I just always known that he has. So he used to uh, he said that one time he entered a slalom contest in a bull riding in the same day, and he said he got smoked in the bull riding. <laughs> <laughs> he said retired. he is so he was all worn out from the slalom skiing, sitting in the sun all day. So, <laughs> yeah. You're. Baba and your father both win world championships, retire the next day with the amount of money that's in bareback riding, the success that you've had with it. Next year, you go to the NFR, you win the world championship. Are you done the next day too? Man, I don't, I don't know. Cause <laughs> after, after all that stuff that happened in the arena in the fourth round, I told my dad, I was like, seriously, if they let me win the world this year, they will never see me again. And I mean, it, it just depends on how I feel in the moment. You know, I, I don't know. I, I can't make that decision right now. If I feel things are just starting to go my way, then I'll stay. But, you know, if I feel like, I don't know, we'll see. I'm not going to say I won't retire and I'm not going to say that I, I will retire. So that's know. a TBD to be determined. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, so we noticed that you're, uh, you know, when you get off, you were limping a little bit here and there throughout the, throughout the rounds. Um, you broke both your ankles correctly before the NFR. And a lot of people probably don't know that, but um, fill us in what went down. You broke what uh, happened there. So I, um, I thought I was Superman. I, I got all, I got all bucked up in Pendleton. <laughs> the letter saloon. That'll happen. Yeah. I got all bucked up in Pendleton. Uh, I thought I was Superman. I jumped off a roof and landed on concrete from jumped about 10 feet. I think landed on concrete and cowboy boots. And, um, I broke 13, I I fractured my left foot in 13 places and my right ankle. I chipped a bone off my, off my ankle or something. I don't know. Like he said, the doctor said he couldn't even call them chips. They were like big pieces of bone. So uh, and sprained it super bad. Like he said, I don't, he's, he doesn't know how my ankle is together, but. Um, so it obviously that, dropped you right there. You didn't, you didn't move once you hit the ground. Oh no. I got, put my cowboy hat on, <laughs> put my cowboy hat on and ran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ran. Yeah. I, uh, I hit, I hit. Yeah, I didn't leave my hat. I made sure I had my hat. No. And I took yeah, off. So I, I, I hit. And like before I jumped, I was like, don't just like hit and stick, like hit and roll. So I did. 
And I like looked over to my left, saw my cowboy hat on. Well, I saw, saw my cowboy hat, put it on, jumped up and ran. And you know, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I I get I guess I got. I mean, they they didn't bother me anymore. I don't know if they just stopped chasing me or they. I don't know, but um, got I got across the street, sat down, and I couldn't walk, so I was like, uh, probably yeah. should call my dad. So I called dad and I was like, uh, called dad. He answers like, Hey, I was like, Hey man, what's up? He's like, well, I'm just laying, laying in bed. What, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, uh, Oh, nothing. Uh, I was like, Hey, we have a small problem. He's like, um, <laughs> what's that? And I was like, well, I, uh, jumped off the roof and I can't walk. He's like, you can't walk. And I was like, no, I think I broke my feet. He's like, well, no NFR for us. And I was like, no, just come get my ass. Okay. <laughs> Was so he, he out there with you? Me. Yeah, he was in Pendleton. Yeah. So he came and got me, went right to the NFL, or went right to the uh uh emergency room and he's like, So no NFR for us. And I was like, Dad, just calm down. Like, I don't care what we have to do. We're going to the NFR. Like, just chill. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it was never I never questioned if I was gonna ride at the NFR. It wasn't I was gonna kind of do whatever it took to get there, so it didn't really matter. So did you do surgery and casting right there in Pendleton or did you fly home and get it done? No, I, I, we drove to Boise, flew home, got, so I was in my mom's truck and trailer with them. So we drove to Boise, caught a ride or dro- drove to Boise, caught a plane to Dallas, saw the doctor that day, uh, got, got a schedule for surgery a week later, I had surgery on both my feet at the same time. Um, Meanwhile, I'm in a wheelchair for a week. So I'm in, in a wheelchair for a week, go have surgery in a wheelchair for another three weeks. So I'm in a wheelchair for a month and then uh, in crutches for three weeks. And while, so I never, I never missed a beat. Like as soon as I got home. Um, so you're out of crutches and it's almost November. It's like the last weekend of October then if I do yeah. my math right. Yeah. So I got hurt like September 14th. I don't know. I don't know oh. when the date was, but, um, so as soon as I get home, we go to the doctor. So as we go home, I work out, I start working out the next day. Like I'm not, I don't miss a beat. Um, I have pictures that like, I don't even have casts on yet. Um, working out with my dad, like, and it sucks getting around that gym cause there's weights everywhere. So I'm like having to like scoot on my ass and like jump up on the bench. And it was, it was, it was miserable, but. I knew I had to stay in shape to get ready for the NFR. Like if I can't walk, I, I, I can still work out. So I just couldn't run or jump rope or do anything like that, but I can still do pretty much everything. And then I go to surgery, have surgery, take like four days off, dude. Oh my God. That was the worst thing ever. I felt like my feet were on fire. Like, and like they were, my feet were so swollen. Oh, it was awful. But I started working out again four days after that. And, and um, doctor want the doc wanted me off my feet for like two months after surgery. And I was on my feet like, three weeks after surgery. So, <laughs> two months. He wanted you to stay off. Yeah. Yeah. Which like would have that. put, I, that would have put you into the NFR then. Like that would have yeah, been well into like, the NFR. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted me off for five. He wanted me off my feet for, or he wanted me to ride again five months after surgery. <laughs> wow. So, so after every round, legitimately how much pain were you in i mean yeah. we, no it, adre- it, adrenaline's a great thing but 
No, they don't. They never hurt ever. It was really okay. weird. Like, um, they're super healed. Um, the only time, the only time it hurt, and it wasn't even my foot that hurt. Um, whenever I got bucked off that gray horse in the eighth round, yeah. it like spun me off, and I hit on my feet, and I like just, I just like, I just like twisted my left ankle, and so like I. In the moment, I thought this thing is fucked. Shattered, like yeah. I got it again, didn't I? And like I limped off, like it, it hurt. And I got back to the locker room, kicked my boot off. Foot wasn't swelled, just my, just like my high ankle. And mm. I was like, oh, we're good. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, a guy from Sports Bed came over and he's like, hey, like, are you, are you okay? Like, come in here, let's check you out. And I was like, no, no, you're not putting me on the injury list. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. <laughs> and he is like, uh, he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, dude, I know what's going on. It's an ankle sprain. Just calm down. I've been through this. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I was fine. Yeah, but that was the only time it ever hurt. And it stopped hurting the next day. So, didn't you have a trainer, good. like some special, was it Evander Holyfield or yeah. some fucking thing? Or what was that? Yeah. Uh, it's, his name's Tim Hallmark. He, he used to train uh, Evander Holyfield. He trained Evander Holyfield through beating Tyson and, um, uh, George Foreman and all those guys. So oh, that's badass. He's a really good trainer. Not bad. Yeah, that that oh. guy kicked my ass up and down everything we did. Oh, I was gonna say, how intense was that? Wow, <laughs> dude, he would he would have me so because I couldn't run. He would have me in the pool, and I used to be a swimmer when I was little. And he would have me in the pool, and he would get my he would get my heart rate up to two hundred thirty beats. A minute, 240 beats a minute. He had my heart rate dropping 100 beats in a minute. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Really doing. He had me in some serious shape. So what's a what's a game day? We you know we ask different guys and different. Everybody has different routines. Cowboy has his his routine for what he goes through on fight day. Um, yourself. Um, what what what's it like? We wake up in the morning and say the NFR every day. What what's your routine? What's your pregame stuff? You listening to music? What's going down? Working out? What's uh, what's your what's your pregame routine to get your mind right? Um, like um, every day before the NFR, I would just wake up, go get some breakfast, um, drink an energy drink, then go to the gym with Lefty Holman and get somewhat of a light workout. And, and then uh, one of my buddies, he's a um, applied kinesiologist, something like that. Something weird. I don't know. But whatever he does, it works. His name's Garrett Neff. So me and me and Lefty would go get kind of a light workout in, get worked on by Garrett. Um, and he would get us feeling really good. So then we would just hang out until the perf, go shower up, go to the perf. And um, after that, it's just a party. Yeah, because as a bareback rider, you're yeah. leaving You're leaving for the TNM, Thomas and Mac, probably like 3, 30, 4 o'clock, huh? Yeah, I was leaving at uh, 3.15, and then whenever I kind of got my um, – I was leaving at 3.15 just because I didn't know what was going on. But whenever I figured the day out, then I was I was leaving at 4. I, I was I was, I was was at the Resorts World as well. That's where I was staying in Rocker. And was Lefty traveling with you in that pimp uh, yeah. that would escalate? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I, was the, I was the cool guy smoking the Marlboro Mendels <laughs> up there as the thumbs <laughs> the way by that was that was a badass looking esky that was a nice that probably the nicest one i've ever seen all blacked out i was just, yeah that was, that was a good ride do you go like in a different mental state when you're when you're riding you're obviously an intense guy 
most of the time when you, you watch you on TV, your emotions start taking over and you're fucking super intense and rare back and let them have it. But uh, are you the same on game day? Is it a little bit different on game day mentally? Yeah. I mean, some people, some, some people are completely different on game day, but I'm, I've never, I'm ne- I never really change. I'm, I'm the same guy until I put my glove on and then a game time. But in the locker room, some guys are, you know, already starting to cuss their horse and pacing around and I'm just kind of smiling and cracking jokes, but um, I'm pretty much the same guy, but whenever I lace my glove up, it's kind of game time. Game on. Hell yeah. yeah. So the, the biggest show on TV right now, Yellowstone, uh, you had a cameo, you and your dad and your Bubba, the full crew. How did, uh, how'd that all come along? How'd you line out that gig uh, with, with the Yellowstone crew? So uh, we, where we live now, we used to live right next door and uh, that's in Weatherford, Texas. And um, this a guy, Taylor Sheridan bought our place from us. And um, oh, apparently shit. at the time, yeah. So Taylor, Taylor writes and uh, directs Yellowstone mm-hmm. and I was just on a lake one time and I think he came with us or something. And he asked me, he's like, Hey, you want to, um, you want to ride a bucking horse to my show? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I, at the time, I really didn't know what the what the show was. Yeah. I didn't know what he did. And he uh, and Dad was like, "That's Taylor Sheridan. He writes and directs Yellowstone." And I was like, oh, "Damn, okay." <laughs> and um, so he asked me if, if I mean that's that's how it happened. He just he was my neighbor, and my dad got to know him. So he just asked if I wanted to be in the show, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." Um, went and did it in Utah and Piowa, Utah, right next to Park City, and. Got on a horse called Jesse's Girl of uh, Stay Smiths, and did you uh, did you get to meet any of the cast? Like, are you a fan of the show now? And did you get to hang with any of the guys, or was it- man? Actually, some of the guys that I met were are actually some of the coolest people. Like uh, the guy Casey from the show, Luke yeah. Grimes. Yeah. Like, he's badass. He's a super good guy. And then Cole Hauser, who plays Rip, he's also a really good guy. Um, I've been I've been around I've been around uh, Cole Hauser uh multiple times and he's he's a really cool guy i ran it i actually ran into uh taylor's wife nicole and beth at starbucks in weatherford one time and <laughs> she she had like full disguise on like she was like because this is huge yellowstone country yeah. and oh. she was like like in full disguise when i was i knew who she was i was like hey i'm rocking nice to meet you whatever <laughs> And uh, yeah, I've been on the show. Big deal of it. Been on the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a stud in my own right here. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just so you know, I'm actually the star of the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it led into the like the Riggin rally, right? The Yellowstone. Uh, you know, people can go look online, and it was the, like the first standalone bareback riding event, similar to PBRs mm-hmm. or bronc ridings. And your family had a huge part in that. Was that was that you guys? Was that the Yellowstone crew, Taylor Sheridan? How'd that all come? So, about? so the first Reagan rally we held it here at my house. Um, so we had that one, and then we went up to our place in Montana for the summer, just to get away. Um, so we go up there, and then Taylor. So wherever where they shoot, um, like the main house, like the main house in uh, Yellowstone, mm-hmm. is like. 10 minutes from our place and our old place in Montana, we sold it. But, um, so Taylor called dad and he's like, Hey, I just had a great idea. And dad was like, what's up? He's like, we need to have a Yellowstone rigging rally here in Darby, Montana. 
And dad was like, okay, like if Yellowstone's, if Yellowstone's behind it, then I'll get all the horses rounded up and um, figure out the best date with the guys and get all the guys here and uh, we'll do it. So it, it was actually Taylor's idea, but dad started the first rig and rally and then the, the Yellowstone rig and rally was actually um, Taylor's idea. Fucking it's nice. funny because I, I, I won the Yellowstone rig and rally and I wear my, I wear my Yellowstone buckle and people <laughs> like always come up to me like, hey, where'd you, where'd you get that buckle? Where'd you buy that? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> They're like, well, isn't that like for the show Yellowstone? I'm like, no, it's for. Yeah, yeah I bought it on Amazon. Never mind. <laughs> Fresh yeah. Is that where you were? Uh, 95? Is that where you set the record on the big white? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. How was that scenario? I've seen that big white. Oh, I seen this year at the Canadian Finals Rodeo. Uh, Danny Van Denemiel. Fucking, oh yeah, yeah hung, hung up, to him, huh? hung up on that big white fucking thing, dude. And I was like, damn, oh. just in the shoots, that thing's scary. So you're not the biggest of guys. That's a very large no. farm animal. Well, how did? Uh, yeah, how, what's the emotions? What's that like? Walk us through that ride, dude. That was honestly so. Um, so whenever this, it would, that would have been the second Yellowstone Reagan rally, I believe. No, third. That would have been the third one. And uh, on the second one, I told somebody. I told somebody, I was like, I could totally see somebody breaking the record at a Reagan rally. Yeah. And now, did I believe it was going to be me? No. But um, like two weeks before the Reagan rally that I was entered in, um, I, I found out that Virgil was going to be there. And dad was like, hey, I think we're going to have Virgil and we're going to win the Reagan rally. And I was like, I think you're right. So I texted one of my buddies and I was like, hey, it was Clayton Hibbler. And he, I was like, hey, man. Um, what if I what if I broke the record on Virgil my first year at the Reagan Rally? He's like, do it, dude. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, I'll try. And he's like, um, he's like, man, the whole world would be pissed off, wouldn't they? And I was like, oh, they they'd freak <laughs> out. So um, I don't. I just had this feeling that it, I, I was gonna have him. So I get on this horse called Boozy Beaver and barely make it to the next round. And somebody was like, yeah, but you don't really want to be in the highest, highest scores because you kind of want to be the lower end to get Virgil. And I was like, whenever I heard that, I was like, I got him. I know I got him. <laughs> and whenever, um, whenever the guy was calling out the name, like they were calling like Tim O'Connell, you pick bits, like um, who has what. And the whole time I was like standing next to dad going, they haven't called my name or they, they haven't called Virgil. They haven't said Virgil. They haven't said Virgil and they go Rockerstein or Virgil. And I seriously, I was so happy, but seriously, like my stomach just fell out of my head. Yeah. You knew it was going to get real, real quick. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it, it like, whenever they, like, whenever they call your name and your horse, like you have to start putting your ring on like right now. And so as you have no time to think about it. And honestly, that was like the best thing that ever happened was that I like just had to get on them right then. So it's like, you know, you'd have no time to think about it. So I just strapped my rigging on it. Like some guys come up to me and tell him, like, tell me what's going. Like he's just gonna be slow. He's gonna be strong. Just like set your feet hard. He's easy. Just, just have fun. And you know, my dad kind of gave me a pep talk. Told me that he had a. He says he 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 never had a dream about it, but he's, he's like, hey, I, I I've dreamt this. I, I dreamt this. Dream. You're gonna win it. <laughs> and you know, I go out there like first two jumps. It's just like the it's like riding like a king size mattress just jumping through the air and he's like like first jump I'm like oh god and he hits me second jump 
still floating. And about the third jump, I'm like, holy shit, I'm still on this thing, aren't I? <laughs> and, you know, he, he, does, he does, like, this weird, like, lead change. And, like, he's he starts really hitting me in the back of the head. And then we get to the fence, and I hear the whistle. And I'm like, holy shit, I just made the whistle on Virgil. Because I was, like, my whole thing is, like, do not get bucked off. Like, you are yeah. not going to get bucked off. And stepped off, they called 95. And, like, I was – I knew it was going to – I knew I, was, I won the rodeo. Because the the second place score there's two ninety twos and I knew I I knew I beat that so I, I figured I was gonna be like ninety three ninety three and a half ninety four and they called ninety five and I was like holy shit I just set the world record <laughs> nice. and really do and it, then <laughs> I gave my my dad and Baba ran out in the arena gave them a hug and I started taking pictures in the arena with everybody go back to unpack my, or go to pack my bag, go behind the lock or go behind the chutes, figured everybody's going to be back there and give me some high fives. And it was like a freaking ghost town behind the chutes. <laughs> there you go. Everybody, everybody was gone. And, uh, and then, um, I, I just go like, uh, I go like to the truck and start making some phone calls to like my close friends, tell them, tell them what happened. And Clayton, who I told, what if I set the record, he screenshotted my text before, um, before I even rode. Yeah. And whenever I set the world record, he sent it to me, and I was like, "Holy shit! I forgot about it. I forgot <laughs> I said that." Yeah. And so it, it was it was super crazy. Yeah. You know, mainly because we called it. Yeah. So great. Right. Cool. Yeah. So now were, you uh, were they butt hurt? Sorry, you No, you're good. I just wanted like were they all like fuck this kid or were they butt hurt or like this fucking? I don't know. It? I've been there too. Where you've won an event know. and there's like nobody there not so nobody high five yeah. yeah yeah the party the party yeah. wasn't near as good in the locker room as you thought it was gonna be no you party by yourself and your friend <laughs> yeah and uh, <laughs> the 10th the 10th round party was insane in the locker room i know that oh my no god shit. <laughs> but it was nothing like the hangover was nothing like the darby montana after the world record i was i wasn't right for three days <laughs> <laughs> and you're only 18 so that had to have been fucking bad yeah you guys <laughs> should be bouncing back a lot quicker than three days i oh can't my God. imagine i, I, I just think go- i got drugged yeah i've been drugged I too swear to God, by myself because like i've drank i feel like i've drank a lot more than that and been fine like the next night but seriously, I, I was like, people are like just handing me drinks at one time. Like my, at one time I had like five drinks like this right here and like had straws. It was like <laughs> taking drinks out of every single one of them. And my dad came up to me. He's like, Hey, you should probably slow down. Like we have to drive 10 hours tomorrow. And I was like, Nope, I'm going full send tonight. And dad was like, okay. Right. And, Back at lunch. and seriously, I walked out of the bar fine. And, and about five the next morning, it was like I was calling dinosaurs, and I called some big ones in. <laughs> and well, it was calling dinosaurs. The 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 six hour the, or like the eight hour drive seriously took like eleven hours because we had to stop every twenty minutes for me to throw up. <laughs> uh, it was so hey, Ro- awful. Rocker, I want you to know that that I when you get married, you will use that excuse again. You will say, I think, I think I got, I got drugged. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got, got drugged. drugged. For sure. It was. <laughs> yeah. That was not me. That was Scott's, not me. Used, hey, Scott's used it so many damn times. It does not work anymore though. That's yeah. the only problem. Yeah. He's the been drugged 76 times this month. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
Hey, the tenth round, the tenth round of the NFR. You talk about like there's a party and all the guys party right in the locker rooms, right? The different events kind of just get at it. But after ten days of like fucking everybody being together, is there any like issues? Is there any fucking scraps or anything sweet go on in those locker yeah, rooms? Yeah. So um, oh, here we go. Rest, they wrestle. Wrestle? Everybody wrestles. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's not even like because you always hear about the tenth round wrestling matches and everybody knows it's gonna happen. So, like, after the 10th round, the Bronc Riders and the Bearback Riders just go in the – because the Bronc Ride locker room is, like, a lot bigger. Um, I, I think it's because, like, they, they have a lot more stuff or their saddles. I don't know. But their locker room is a lot bigger. So, we, I, I brought, like, my big speaker that I have in my gym, and we took it in there, and we start cranking music. They get, like, the beer pong table out. All the wives come down, like, all the stock contractors. Like, the Stace Smith crew is just getting rowdy as hell. Everybody's just getting smoked. And that place is just like, it's like, it smells like a casino in there, in there. Everybody's lighting up cigarettes and everybody starts drinking. Well, you're drinking and you're thinking, man, I'm not going to wrestle. I'm not going to wrestle. Well, you know, everybody's going to start wrestling. So finally somebody just says, fuck it. And they just start wrestling. Yeah. Well, Leighton Barry started wrestling. Um, I forget who started wrestling, but Leighton started it off. Leighton started wrestling. And then. Dawson Hayes started wrestling Brody Crest. Well, Brody Crest has like never lost in his life. No shit. Well, Brody Crest like, and it's like it's like hard. Yeah, it's like, concrete. like hard. It's yeah. concrete. Well, Brody like double legs Dawson, sticks him on top of his head. Dorth <laughs> is like paralyzed for a second. Well, then I start wrestling uh, Garrett Shadbolt. Well, Shadbolt's but has he grew up wrestling in Nebraska, and he's about my size. So I was like, screw it, let's do it. I start wrestling him and for a second I think I'm like I'm like kind of like messing around like talking shit and I'm I, I'm doing pretty good like I'm not letting him take me down for a second he was not letting me take him down and all of a sudden he pulled some wrestler move something I don't know and got me well we got wrestler again he does the same thing so I didn't beat him and at this time I'm sauced up <laughs> and and then I asked because Cole Reiner he was a three three-time state champion in Wyoming. I was like, who should I wrestle? I know I, I have to beat somebody. He's like, go get Logan Hay. So I go get Logan Hay. And I start wrestling him, and I'm, like, really starting to talk some shit. And I'm, like, like pushing him around, like, hey, guys, like, watch this, whatever. Whenever I'm, like, like not paying attention, he, he like, just, like, like, just, like, tackles me. And then apparently I lose. But <laughs> – we all know if it was a fight, I would have smoked. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Logan. If, Logan's listening, if Lo- Logan's too big of a hothead, if I would have said that, he would have killed me. So, no, but it was fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody start. There's that's the big thing is like the tenth round locker room wrestle match. And and is Crest the man then? Is he got the Dude, title? Crest is gnarly. Really? He's so gnarly. Uh, your 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 Instagram stuff blew up. You said a bunch of followers. Because there was so much fucking shit being talked. So is there one that stands out of like somebody that you know, maybe talking shit or a, like a, somebody that had your back? Like I know Ty Murray got on there and said some stuff and like everybody in the rodeo world had their opinion on it. But was there was there something that stood out? Maybe the worst one or the best one or what kind of stands out to you that you remember from from all the shit that was going on within the NFR? And I, I read all those. Com- I read most of those comments, but seriously, there are so many comments. I can't yeah. even read them all. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I I don't really remember anything that I read. I and whenever I read comments, I don't read the names. Like I don't I don't know who says this stuff. I don't I don't pay attention to that. 
Uh, but I do read some of the comments. Um, but seriously, it was like, it was crazy because I was going up, you know, five, 6,000 followers a day. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I started the NFR out at 56,000 followers and I'm almost at 100,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. And they're like, we need to cancel this kid. This kid's yeah. like, this kid doesn't need to step foot in an arena at, at the NFR or whatever. Well, while they're saying all this stuff, they're just blowing my ass up. <laughs> I'm like, hey, keep it coming, keep it Thank coming. Thank you. Heck, and my fo- my following starting to slow down. I'm thinking I need to say fuck again or something. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I it just crazy, blo- it just blows my mind though that you said fuck in the arena because that has been said a million oh, trillion boy. times, and just because you said it at that point in time that people like that would come on and say, you know, we need to cancel this kid and do whatever. Oh my God. Like what a yeah. fucking bunch of liberals, man. What, like you, if, you can't, you what can't if there say was that cowboy, what if the cowboy channel was around when Joe Baumgartner was fighting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cody. Hey? Like, yeah. And it's cause you look like you look rocker, right. With your hair and like, you're just a total different element than, than what rodeo. Awesome. You, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think we call yeah. it. Like so whenever I got fined, I got so I that that night it cost me three grand. I got two grand for harassment and a thousand dollars for intimidation. Oh, so, big bully! Yeah, yeah, big bully. <laughs> so, so the next day, Clay Smith got fined three grand for harassment. I I got pissed off. I was like, "What did that motherfucker do?" <laughs> I did. Like really? He taught me a thousand dollars on the harassment part. Did he throw his rope at somebody or what? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. But I got I got one up and I didn't like it. Well, congratulations from the NFP podcast crew on winning the fines award. Yeah. We should uh should see if we can get Callie at Montana Silversmith to do up a buckle. Yeah, right. Fine award winner. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I think it's fine. I think like the moral of yeah. it is too, and what I wanted to get you on the podcast to talk to you about it too, is because yeah, everything put aside all the different shit that they're talking about you and all this different stuff, but like your your mindset, your will to win, you're a fucking great guy. That's just the 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 media wants to take it a certain way, and they don't actually know who you are, right? Just because you got long hair, they think Fake that news. you're some yeah, like they think that you're some fucking punk well, kid or something, right? And it's like no, he's fucking rides great. He's there because he does badass work and he shows his emotions and doesn't fucking hide shit. Right. You're a yeah. fucking human being. And well, 99.99% po- and of those people that were the naysayers have never been in that situation in that intensity, riding Those rank of horses and don't have no room to fucking say shit. In my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and, all the, and all the people that are pissed off about my hair probably are bald. Hey, whoa, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I love your hair, but I'm bald. <laughs> you know what they say, Rocker? Grass does not grow on a busy street, man. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so you, well, you did you did comment to um I think it was the next night, maybe on Cowboy Channel. I saw it um or at some point within 24 hours at the NFR that you were a passionate person and you can't hide passion. I think and you were very confident when you said that. And I think for anybody that well. And it doesn't matter what anybody thought, but I think that kind of hit the nail on the head right there. Like, you know, it's the heat of the moment. You, you felt yeah. you, you performed and well, you got fucked on the saddle prop yeah. riding one night. Well, 
In the saddle bronc riding one performance, there was 10 points different from the high score of one judge to the low score. 10 points. Well, Stetson Wright was super pissed off. Like, Stetson does not show his emotions. And Stetson's the champ. Like, I, I, I admire Stetson so much. And he, I go in the locker room after I said that. I go into their locker room, and he is, like, fired up about one judge. Like, he is pissed off. And I'm like, well, Stetson's pissed off. I should be super <laughs> pissed off. So, uh, so I mean, I was not the only guy that was pissed off about um, the judging. And there's been a lot of people agree with me that, like, they're glad that I said it because they people need to start holding the judges accountable. I mean, it's not yeah. like – it's not like we're competing for a couple hundred bucks anymore. We're competing exactly. For, we're competing for tens of thousands of dollars. And so. that spur out rule, we've talked about it on this podcast um, more than once, Rocker. There should be like the PBR. There should be a challenge button for that kind of money. And charge you guys twenty five hundred dollars to hit that button, or or a thousand bucks because it's all about production at the NFR and getting that rodeo done in a certain amount of time. But um, I think we saw it with Colby Wanchuk in the tenth round. How much did that cost him? Oh, it was like the back, eighth round. It was like the eighth. Oh, was it? Sorry, the eighth round. They got yeah, him with yeah. the with spur the out rule. Yeah, yeah. There just took him right out of the average, you know, and that's huge money in that average. It pays seventy nine thousand. The average. Yeah, seventy nine thousand. Yeah. Crazy. So, no, I agree that uh, ten but points. The problem- what was the what was the scores on your night? Was there a big gap there? Do you recall the scores on the night the f bomb came out? No, I'm pretty sure the lowest – it was like four points difference. Like, I, yeah. one judge had me to be like 88. I don't know. But what pissed me off about that night, it, and I was first out. Yeah. So it's not like I had, like, a score to compare off of somebody mm-hmm. else. It's not like somebody was, like, 88 and I was pissed off I wasn't 89. Yeah. Like, I, I've it. been – on that same horse, I was 91 at Houston and 88 at Denver, and I was 84 and a half at the NFR. Like, are you, it was the same height. Sure. Yeah, I was right. like, are you serious? Like, mm-hmm. there's no way. There's no, no way. are you are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem the problem is is that I asked a serious question. I said, What do you want from me? But the problem with the question is that it was it came out what the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> that's what everybody got pissed off about. Uh, fuck so, You're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But it's safe, but, you know, like JB, Cowboy Throne, all these guys that stand out in their event or in their sport. They're different. They fucking ha- yeah. they have something about them that is different, and that's exactly what you are. And I think it's the best thing that fucking could happen to bareback riding. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's I mean, there's just people in the world that they don't they don't they they just hate themselves, so they gotta hate somebody else. You know, yeah. they just, some people just hate themselves so much they they hate everything about somebody else just to I don't know just to make themselves feel better. I don't I don't know, but they're just not happy people. Yeah. Uh, we're getting long, but uh, I got a couple more for you. I need you to tell the story of your your spurs because I think it really flows into how mm-hmm. intertwined you are in this rodeo world. Yes. Yeah, so, um, um, whenever my Baba was rodeoing, his hero was Larry Mahan, and everybody loved Larry Mahan. Baba says he was seriously the the biggest thing. He was he was everywhere. Everybody loved Larry Mahan, and uh, everybody still loves Larry Mahan. Um, and whenever, whenever he found out about Ty Murray, whenever he was little, he flew Ty up to his ranch and kind of started helping Ty, um, kind of start riding or whatever, or get better. And from the time Ty was little, he was, his, uh, goal in life has always been to, um, break Larry Mann's record. 
and the all around. And so whenever Ty started riding bareback horses, Larry gave um, Ty his bareback riding spurs. And so that was what Larry always rode with. That's what Ty always rode with. And um, they, they were always super special to Ty. And um, they, they uh, it's not even like they're super fancy. Like they're just, just metal spurs. Like they're, there's stuff a lot fancier, but it's just, um, it's who they come from. Oh, I and, guess. And um, where they've been. Yeah. And um, so whenever I, whenever I went up to Ty Murray's house the first time, like I told y'all to get on the buck machine, um, he said, Rocker, you're going to need some spurs. Um, Larry Mahan gave these to me and I need, I'm going to pass them down to you. Um, and I, I heard him say on a, on an interview the other day, he saw something of me and, um, figured I'll, I'd be the right kid to pass them down to. So, um, it's, it's pretty special to ride with the Spurs that, you know, the, the two champs have ridden with. And, um, if, if I fail, it's not, the, it's not the Spurs fault. So, um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Right. It, it, hey, it's trick, pretty cool to ride with something like that. Trick yeah. question for you, Rocker. How many bucking horses have been on? How how many have they been on total? Yeah. Would you think? I mean, ten thousand. Wow. And some. You imagine that's pretty cool. I didn't know that story. I'm glad you brought that up, Janet. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I have no idea. There's no telling. Yeah. Yeah. There's no telling. I mean, ten thousands of. It's just a. (laughs) Just (laughs) a number. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously, too, your buddies with a uh, former guest on this show, Cowboy Cerrone, the the uh, UFC fighter. How did that all play out? And I see you guys now hanging out even more now that you're like older and stuff. And uh, yeah. but he's been buddies with you since you were younger and shit. We all know we know Cowboy, good friend. But uh, how did you guys get intertwined? And and what's that relationship like? So, um, me and Dad um, went to X Games. I forget what year it was. Um, you guys ever remember that little kid? That kid that was like thirteen that won the X Games and like the skateboard, like like the the big yeah. the big jump or whatever. Yeah. So we went that year, whatever year that was. And I remember like a couple months before that, Dad told me about this UFC fighter, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. So I started watching like all his highlights. I'm like, shit, like this guy's <laughs> bad to the bone. He's yeah. chilling people with his feet. Yeah. And like I was a little kid. Well, um, we go there and we run into our friend Douglas Duncan. And um, he's with he's with the monster crew, and Cowboys with them. Yeah. And we like Dad starts talking to Cowboy. I'm like, oh shit, like, that's him. <laughs> like, and so we, we start talking to them. And Dad's like, um, he's like, heck, if you guys want to come out on the lake or whatever, we'll, we'll take the boat out. And Cowboy's like, oh yeah, like let's go on the lake. Like fuck X Games. Like let's go on the lake. Yeah. So uh, like I think maybe like the next day, like Douglas and um, and Cowboy come out on the boat, and I start wakeboarding or whatever. And Cowboy, I was I, I was probably like it's probably like eleven or twelve, and Cowboy wakeboards. I wakeboard and I smoke Cowboy, obviously. <laughs> and Cowboy is like, man, this is my new best friend, and he sort of starts calling me his new best friend. Well, like we go up to the, we start cooking steaks at the house or whatever, and me and him are hanging out. He's like. Rocker, I'm staying with you. Do you have bunk beds? I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't have bunk beds. <laughs> well, uh, so me and him just kind of hit it off. Um, I we just hit it off from day one. Yeah. Met him at X Games and went on the boat and kind of been friends ever since. And I always kept in touch with him. Um, and then like I think like maybe like a couple months later, took him back out on the boat to go barefoot and got him barefoot and 
Um, but you know, he likes wild stuff and I like wild stuff. So we we're just really good friends now, but yeah. I saw him and, uh, he came out to Vegas the other day to beat up Dale Brisby. Yeah. And what's that? I see all that. What's going What's the deal with all that stuff going on? Ma'am. Oh, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. For real? No. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that would have been good watch. <laughs> Well, it would have been oh, quick. Who do you yeah. think would win that one? <laughs> but has he got something going on with Dale? Is that like he must have something going on there? Do you? No, like, it's, it's you a, it's, I think it's just a publicity thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not involved in it, but I was in the video. But I'm. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But that in Vegas was like my first time to hang out with Cowboy, like as like an adult. <laughs> and like so, um, he, I go to do the deal with Dale, and he's like, "Man, I got it." He's like, "I got to go." to this monster energy deal at this UFC uh, camp or what? I don't know. He's like, do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll ride over there with you. Well, I walk in and I, I thought it was just going to be like some meet and greet or something. Well, it's like, it's like the top killers in the world. Like there's like the guy that just beat Adesanya, uh. um, Justin, or Justin Gaethje, um, Cheeto Vera, uh, that Sean Strickland. Like there's a bunch of guys in there. I start talking to them. Well, I get, I get Justin Gaethje. And um, uh, D-Rod and Cowboy to come to the perf that night. Yeah. So they come to the perf and they go to the MGM. Well, I meet up at the MGM and we start hanging out at the bar. And it it, it was super cool. I've, I've never been around um, that many guys that could actually kill you before. No shit. And dude, it's intimidating standing next to those guys. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you feel, you feel pretty safe, though. <laughs> yeah, that's shit. Dude, it's like having a gun in your pocket. <laughs> and they like to have a good time. Did you guys have a good time? Oh, yeah. Cowboy loves to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> loves it. I don't think the other guys are really drinking that much. They're no. just standing over there looking intimidating and shit. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. You didn't get any of them in an armbar? <laughs> I would have I folded their clothes while they're still in them. <laughs> Uh, yeah we've held you but i got lots for you still yeah that went on that's that was good a quick hour and 15 right there that's wicked before we stop though uh scott you got our infamous question for rocker well rocker i know you're just recovering from the nfr flu and uh, with all due respect i'm proud of you for having to having to recover um <laughs> you're a trendsetter you're changing the face of uh of rodeo and and the event of bareback riding and um you're a goddamn cool kid. And this is the NFP podcast. You know what our take is on it. What is yours? Well, you know, there's always a um there's always been a saying that my friends have always said there's no pussies in the Hall of Fame. And so there's no pussies in the NFP. So uh, <laughs> that's my take. <laughs> yeah. love, it. love it cool you know it's it's kind of fun full circle but I, I remember i think your dad won it in 2002 won the world and um i remember watching it on tv right before <coughs> this corn rolls and him going fucking wild and loved it acid get, wash yeah it is acid wash and bleach uh, it on. yeah it was sick i remember i wanted to get corn rolls just like yeah it's fucking that's <laughs> legit, right and then full circle watching uh watching you kind of do the same thing now and rolling into the world so hopefully um we get to keep watching you keep kicking ass we're we gonna see you in calgary again and up at some canadian rodeos this year heck yeah yeah i could never turn down calgary Hey, if you win a rodeo, you have to go back the next year. It's just rules. <laughs> it's yeah. just rules. Yeah, that's cool. Plus, that's about the only that's the only rodeo I can drink legally. <laughs> I got Very true. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, cool. So, uh, Rocker, we'll be watching, cheering you on. Thanks for joining us on the NFP podcast. This has been our interview with Rocker Stein. I'm a freak. Oh, call me.